0: Hey now, it's J. Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now, you can download the free app today, and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create a custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million card dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. If you don't have the Stitcher app, simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio.
1: If I were to ask you the same question again right now and say, were you robbed on Sunday morning in Rio, how would you answer it? I'd be—I like, can't answer that because I don't know. I was intoxicated, so I don't know. All I know is that there was a gun pointed at us, and we had—we were demanded to give money, whether it was to pay for the damages of the poster, whether it was extortion, or whether it was a robbery. Like I can't—I can't—I don't. I'm not equipped to. Except, like, I want to point out that the Gunner, in his statement to police, said at some point someone who spoke English walked over and offered to help translate this altercation. And he made it clear that this security guard was telling the four of you, you need to pay for that stuff, that damage, before you can leave here, or I'm gonna call the police. You understood that at that time, didn't you? Yeah, so then we had to give the money. Right, So, but at that point, it's not a robbery. At that point, you're striking a deal.
0: Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hey now, what's happening? My name is J. Scott Smith. Coming to you from the beautiful JSC Radio studios in Philadelphia, this is episode 15 of JSC Radio didn't think i'd get to 15 episodes hell this this damn show should be having a quinceanera at this point i mean it's it is amazing We made it to episode 15 episode numero 15 of the show and as you can just tell from the open yes we're going to be talking about some knuckleheads this week starting with the olympic knucklehead ryan lochte but first make sure you follow me on twitter that's at j scott smith you can get at me on instagram at j scott smith you know i'm on snapchat you're damn right i'm on snapchat you want to know what the name is take a guess it's at j scott smith no matter where you want to find me it's j scott smith plus i want to thank all of you who listen to the show on itunes and i'm getting more and more listeners by the week and apparently you guys tend to dig what i'm doing so i'm going to keep doing what the hell i'm doing I am on iTunes, I am on Stitcher Radio, I am on SoundCloud, I am wherever you are. So, no matter what your excuse is, look up JSC Radio and you can get right onto this show. Let's get right down to business. You heard that foolishness that opened the show. This was the guy that overtook everything during the final few days of the Olympics last week. It's everyone's favorite American douchebag, Ryan Lochte. Now, Ryan Lochte... What he did down there in Brazil, what he did down there in Rio, it seemed like he was going to be able to make it through. Because the last Olympics, Ryan Lochte being like this household name, but for mostly just being an overgrown teenager. If Anybody who's seen what Ryan Lochte looks like, he looks like that typical villain you would see in a 90s or even a late 80s like, high school drama or high school comedy film. He looks like the type of guy who wears polo shorts. He looks like the type of guy who's the jock who would be the captain of the football team making fun of the nerds all through the school. The thing is, Ryan Lochte's 32 years old. Contrary to what the spokesman from the IOC would tell you, Ryan Lochte is no kid. And we all know what happened. It was that particular Saturday night where Ryan Lochte... And three of his swimming teammates, the other three guys, by the way, were ages 20, 21, and 26, decided they were going to go out and party in Rio outside of the Olympic Village. I mean, hey, they're grown men. They want to go party. They want to go have some fun. They want to go get liquored up. Who am I to stop them? There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. In that aspect, you're all good. It was what happened when they were coming back from that night of partying Uh, And the night of being pretty much, I'm guessing, they had to be the most obnoxious bros ever broed in Brazil. Ryan Lochte is out there. He's fresh off of winning a gold medal in the 4x200 meter freestyle relay. He got himself a gold medal. Yes, he's forever going to be known as the Luigi to Michael Phelps' Mario throughout his whole life. But Ryan Lochte didn't exactly do too poorly for himself. But here's the thing. He's coming back. He and his buddies are coming back. From going out to this to, to party in Rio, which is not always the safest bet to make because Rio ain't exactly the uh, the safest place to be at certain points in time. That's not one of those stereotypes. That's just a fact. But the thing is, it turned into something so much bigger than it needed to flippin' be. It's Ryan Lochte plus teammates Jimmy Feigen, Gunnar Benz, and Jack Conger. Let me tell you something. Between Ryan, Gunnar, Jack, and Jimmy, all they were missing was a Troy or a Tucker or a Connor from just having the entire men's rowing team from one of those high school movies I just laid out to you. Ryan Lochte goes out there. They get in trouble, claim that they were robbed. And he claimed... To Billy Bush, yes, Billy Bush related to exactly that Bush on the Today Show. That the men who stopped the taxi pulled out a fake police badge, demanded money, and told them to get out of the car. The story sounded somewhat legit, and plus, it was easy to you know kind of charge it to the game and say, hey, it is real and we've seen and heard of plenty of legit instances where these Olympic athletes are getting robbed in the airport and on the street and having their places set on fire and getting punched in the face. There are enough legit reports out there that Lochte's doesn't completely sound like bullshit. But the thing is, it was bullshit. It was total bullshit. And it didn't take long for this bullshit to get sniffed out. Lochte, mind you, made sure he got the hell out of there this happened on the morning of august the 14th by august the 16th lochte was back here in the united states meanwhile jack jimmy and gunner were still in brazil and that became a bit of a problem when conger and bence attempted to leave to go back to the states their passports were seized and they were forced to testify as witnesses in the incident a judge in brazil issued a search and seizure warrant for lochte and fegan Fegan subsequently contacted the authorities and said he would make a public statement once that matter was settled. Lochte was back here in the United States chilling, meaning of all the different bro things he did, he broke one of those bro code rules. He left his homies behind in a bind. He left them holding the damn bag. And shortly thereafter, you could see why he was not in any hurry to go back to Brazil. Because after the Rio police did an actual investigation. It turned out that they were not robbed at all, but instead they were involved in an incident at a gas station just outside of the city. According to the owners of this gas station, the four bros decided they were just, you know, they needed to use the bathroom, but they couldn't find it. So they decided, well, since we can't find a bathroom, we'll just go right here on the back of the building. After they got done relieving themselves, you know, it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. They go finally into a bathroom and they broke a soap dispenser, damaged the door, and Lochte tore down a sign. It, it, it got pretty bad. So you can understand why late at night, and this is coming from someone who lives in a city that don't play, who grew up in a city that don't play, who's got friends in other cities like Chicago and St. Louis and LA who don't play. These gas station owners weren't having it. So these guys look up and they see these four drunk, apparently American, I don't know if they're American or British, they just know these are four guys who are foreigners who are tearing up their damn gas station and they sent security guards back there to go handle these bunch of drunken morons. It turned out that they were actually vandalizing, is what I'm telling you. And Rio's police chief said that the swimmers handed over about $51 in American money to compensate for the broken objects such as the soap dish and the mirror and, of course, the please do not enter sign that Lochte went Hulk smash on. Plus, according to more sources and the Associated Press, Conger and Benz refuted Lochte's claim that the group was held up by armed assailants, meaning that they didn't get their story straight at all. Lochte basically went into business for himself, concocted that entire horseshit story, left his boys out in the lurch, and then got his ass back up here to the United States. That is not true the best type of bro behavior. But the thing is, it just got worse. And yes, you know how everything these days in this country turns into one gigantic internet shitstorm, especially on social media, where everything goes into play. To me, most of this was just foolishness. I thought it was rather humorous. I thought it was pretty funny. And at the same time, I thought it was really dumb. But to see... The dialogue on Twitter and on Facebook and all the talks of white privilege and, and oh, what if this had been the men's basketball team instead of the in, in, instead of these swimmers? Well, for one, we did have an incident where the men's basketball team may or may not have accidentally wandered into a brothel down there on the first night. And that was met largely with laughs and, boy, if you don't get your, that's the response you mostly got from them. They didn't go in there tearing up shit. Wasn't a big deal. But for people to act like these swimmers got off easy and everyone was taking it easy on them, and the thing that really keeps bugging me is everyone keeps acting as if Lochte has been given the soft shoe treatment and people are just regarding it as boys will be boys and saying people are calling him a kid. Only one person called Ryan Lochte a kid. Only one It was the numbskull from the IOC who was trying to cover everyone's ass, saying, oh, these kids were just being kids. Ryan Lochte is 32 years old. He was born during the first term of the Ronald Reagan administration. Ryan Lochte was entering high school as I was leaving it. He ain't that far behind me in age. He ain't no damn kid. There was a 26-year-old in there. He ain't no damn kid either. Really, only Fagan and Gunner Betts, one is 21, one is 20, at least you can kind of write a little bit of it off to them being idiots. But then you look back at Lochte, who at 32 years old is supposed to be that guy saying, Fellas, the hell are you doing? I got you on this. I got this. Chill out. We'll take care of this type of thing. You know, acting like a grown up. Lochte was probably the biggest idiot in the group, and they're following his damn lead. So, no, nobody was unilaterally calling him a kid. Oh, the media is going soft on him, and they're calling him a kid. Then that just shows you weren't paying attention. Every major newspaper, every major magazine destroyed Ryan Lochte. On Monday, he lost every sponsor he had, which is kind of a big thing if you are a swimmer. When Speedo doesn't want to sponsor you, Speedo. because nothing says swimming more than Speedos. When Speedo does not want to put one of its banana hammocks on you, guess what, buddy? You really screwed the pooch. But not only did he screw the pooch just doing this, his lame-ass excuses for the fact that all the way up to really three days ago, he was still insisting that he got robbed. He was still insisting, despite there being video evidence that he was not robbed, he was insisting that he got robbed. Dude was going full Trump and you never go full Trump. He was insisting that he was robbed all the way up until he sat his ass down in front of Matt Lauer of NBC's Today Show and gave that interview, parts of which you heard at the start. But here's maybe the part of that exchange that he had with Matt Lauer, which really goes to show you the level of not just privilege, but flat out stupidity. Ryan Lochte, You may be a world-class swimmer, a world-class athlete, but can nobody listen to this right here and tell me this dude ain't dumber than a bag of hair?
1: Gunner, in his statement to police, said at some point someone who spoke English walked over and offered to help translate this altercation. And he made it clear that this security guard was telling the four of you, you need to pay for that stuff, that damage, before you can leave here or I'm going to call the police. You understood that at that time, didn't you? Yeah, so then we had to give the money. Right, So, but at that point it's not a robbery. At that point you're striking a deal. Matt
0: Lauer is sitting here talking to a 32-year-old man. That man is 32, grown, ain't no kid there, grown as hell. He's talking to him like a teenager, like a wayward 15 year old. How much water and chlorine has gotten to Ryan Lochte's brain? You heard that. This is, it's, I guess what blew my mind about it wasn't the fact that he was such an idiot because we knew he was a, he was brotacular four years ago in London. We knew this about him. The fact that four years later, you thought he would have smartened up just a bit. I'm, yes, I know maturity. There is no set age. Some people are mature when they're 10. Some people don't get it until they're 50. And I'm guessing that Mr. Lochte is skewing more toward the 50 end of the spectrum. If anything, he's about as smart as a 10-year-old. You're forever going to be the Luigi to Michael Phelps. We know this. But it is kind of messed up that in Olympic Games, That saw greatness from Simone Biles. That saw greatness from Allie Raisman. And greatness from Allison Felix. And greatness from the aforementioned Michael Phelps. And greatness from Katie Ledecky. And greatness from Simone Manuel. How in the royal blue hell did you manage to somehow make this about your dumb ass? You gotta be better than that. I'm not saying this because I'm a big fan of yours. I'm saying this as one grown man to the next. For God's sakes, dude. Did you take like some severe blow to the head at some point in your life and that's what it is? Because how is it not registering? At 32 years old, you need to grow the hell up. One more thing before I check out of here. SummerSlam was last weekend. Well, SummerSlam and NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Anybody who knows me knows, and if you follow me on Twitter, again, J. Scott Smith, go ahead and hit that follow button. I am a huge wrestling fan. I'm unabashed in it. I don't give a shit if you think it's immature. Trust me, there's a lot more people who watch it than don't. So you can shut up. For those of you who followed me last weekend, you know I was watching TakeOver. Unbelievable damn show. Last year was just this epic, we thought would be one-time-only deal. Now it's a yearly thing because... All I have to do is say the word glorious, and you already know who I'm referring to. Anybody who listens, if you hear glorious, and the next thing you hear is the song, you already know what I'm talking about. We there. You know about Shinsuke Nakamura being played to the ring by a brother with a violin. That's dopeness personified. The following night was SummerSlam, and it was oof. Oof. ooh boy. Enzo and Cass strangely losing in their first major match as a part of the main roster of WWE in Brooklyn and they're losing two different occasions where I thought I might've seen Sasha Banks lose her life in the ring before she loses the women's championship, take time off to heal up all the other injuries that she had incurred before she got in the ring. Apollo Cruz, frat out here losing to Miz. By the way, there's going to be a JSC quickie episode coming tomorrow dealing with the Miz. I never thought I would ever do a Miz episode, but it's necessary, but that's for tomorrow. Frat, Apollo Cruz losing. Come on, blue, you can't be out here getting beat. Not by that guy. You had Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler having a very milk toast white bread world championship match. Yeah, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins facing off against each other for the Universal Heavyweight Championship. And that belt looked like anything ranging from a large fruit roll-up to a big slab of meat to an overgrown Jolly Rancher. The the match basically was, as expected, it was a classic. It's just that the belt was so goddamn ugly, everybody just spent two-thirds of the match crapping all over the belt, many references made to it. Balor wins the world title, excuse me, the universal title. But in the process, Seth Rollins injures himself a new guy by throwing that damn buckle bomb and dislocating the shoulder of Finn Balor. And Balor probably tore his labrum Topping that summer's back into place. So you had all that going on and a night that just didn't seem to go very well. SummerSlam was just not, it didn't have that, that thing that it's supposed to have. It didn't have that juice that it had a couple of years ago. And speaking of juice, that brings us to Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. You all know about the controversy that's following him for the two failed drug tests following UFC 200, but yet he shows up at SummerSlam to face Randy Orton. Pretty damn good match. It was the match that closed the show, but everybody's only talking about how the match ended. And let's just say, shit got very real. More than any, just track, oh, oh, and higher, look at Lester, those clubbing forks from the ground at pound position. This is just bare bones trying to bust up your opponent. That's oh, a look, oh, at oh, Lester, look at this, Lesnar looking to open please. up Orton with those elbows, this is just pure malice.
1: Randy Makes. Randy Orton
0: might be just knocked Randy
1: out. Four on to the head. Randy Orton is not hit- oh, moving. Oh, like oh wow. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, that was uncomfortable. And this is coming from a guy who's pretty damn fond of the blood. I admit it, I like seeing guys get juice. And since WWE decided a few years ago that they were no longer going to allow dudes to bleed, you know, blading, using those insider wrestling terms, not allow guys to bleed, anytime a dude does bleed, whether it's intentional or, in this case, hard way, it draws a rather visceral, strong reaction. You heard the reaction of... JBL and Corey Graves and Mauro Ranallo, Mauro Ranallo, who calls boxing and MMA, by the way, he's seen his fair share of blood and his reaction when Orton tried to sit up anyway and that pool of blood was just pouring out of and just, just all out of his head. It was, it was shocking. It was shocking. And Brock Hardway to hit him with that elbow, just bam, just, just rocked him, just rocked him. Everything I'm hearing and I'm reading about this is that Brock was supposed to win and he was supposed to win via a knockout. What likely wasn't supposed to happen was Orton getting his wig split and having his brains all dangling in the middle of the damn ring. I don't think that was a part of the plan, but they rolled with it. And apparently it was so unknown that it was going to be a part of the plan that not everybody in the back seemed to know what was coming. Enter Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho didn't care much for the whole ending of that match because he wanted to know, was it legit? Was it not? What happened? What went on? Well, as it turned out, he went to ask Michael P.S. Hayes what the hell was going on. Hayes kayfaves him and says, oh, I don't know. Jericho gets pissed off, says it's bullshit, and he says it just as Lesnar is coming through the door, and Lesnar don't care much for Jericho's mouth. Because as much as Chris Jericho is a tough guy, he's the son of a hockey player, dude's been arrested for 20 years, I ain't never going to question his toughness. And yes, he once went toe-to-toe with Bill Goldberg. Brock Lesnar ain't Bill Goldberg, dude. Lesnar will hurt you, ask Randy Orton. It was pretty wild. Lesnar basically shoves Jericho and calls him a word that is used to describe the female anatomy. I will leave you to determine what that is. Jericho gets back in his face, having to be held off by about two or three different people before finally Triple H jumps in there and tries to stop it. Brock continues to taunt him, deciding to call Jericho a bitch repeatedly and telling him, you can either hit me or you can kiss me. That pisses off Jericho just a little bit more. By this point, Vince McMahon has to get in between and tell Jericho to chill out. I know what's going on. It's all good. The mental picture of Chris Jericho, and yes, I'm picturing Chris Jericho with the scarf on confronting Brock Lesnar in the back, actually stepping to just out of the ring, adrenaline and God knows what else in his veins, still peaking Brock Lesnar, who just split open the cabeza of Randy Orton and is looking for more. Bruh, Ryan Lochte didn't make a whole hell of a lot of good decisions in Rio de Janeiro, stepping to Brock Lesnar just after he got done splitting the wig of one of your fellow wrestlers really ain't a good idea you know better than that Chris don't be a dare I say stupid idiot and step to him WWE likely won't do anything about Brock Lesnar I don't mean because of the whole splitting Orton's head open thing you know that whole I'm talking about that whole tooth bail drug test and UFC thing but that certainly does speak to a set of rules for Lesnar and a set of rules for everyone else. And the last time I can recall that company had that sort of a hierarchy, it was a set of rules for Shawn Michaels and a set of rules for Bret Hart and a set of rules for everybody else. That could cause problems in that locker room. Brock Lesnar, who drives people to buy the pay-per-view, to buy those network subscriptions, he sells merch, he's the biggest damn name you got in the company, suspending him right now, finding him heavy, that is not what's best for business. My name is J. Scott Smith. Telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pet spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. I know this week was supposed to be about the Detroit Lions. We're moving that to next week because I need a full episode to talk about those idiots. Be back with a quickie tomorrow. Be back with the Lions next week. Thanks for coming out. God bless you Good night. Check it out. This is
1: JSC Radio.